Hello and welcome to the Stuff I Heard podcast. This is your host, Joshua Peak. And good morning. How's everybody doing? Today happens to be Saturday, the 23rd of November, 2019. Um, <clears throat> it appears to be a cloudy day outside so far. The sun has just come up. It's about uh, 8 o'clock in the morning. Uh, I've been messing around in here trying to make notes. One of the things I've tried to do, because, listen, I do have the ability of turning this microphone on and making conversation out of absolutely nothing, but it's usually not as good as if I just make some notes. So, all along the way, people have been telling me since the beginning, dude, write some stuff down. Like, don't just sit there and leave us with dead space while you're trying to think of the answer. Good point. Thank you. Um, also, this is the Stuff I Heard podcast, so if I screw up, like, tell everybody, we like it, man, listen to this dude named Josh, man, and he, he just makes this crap up on the side, and some of it's funny, and some of it's not, and, but whatever, man, I'm, I'm digging it, whatever it is. Like, you know, this is the part of the, the podcast where I, um, I forget to tell people sometimes at the end, um, you know, please, you know, share this with people, like, get them involved, let them, you know, be part of the conversation. Um, if they're looking for a new podcast, maybe, who knows, maybe I'm their flavor, Everybody's got a different flavor of ice cream they like, right? Well, maybe they got a different flavor of a podcast that they like. Who knows? Why not? Take a shot. Take a chance, man. You never know. All right, so let's get right into it. This is the Stuff I Heard podcast. And if you guys listened last week, I did a great one with uh, Quade Richardson, a friend of mine that I work with. Um, Very interesting podcast. Uh, my wife made a comment. She goes, you know, you could tell in the beginning he was a little uncomfortable and didn't really know how to get started. And I said, well, yeah. I said, but, you know, everybody's kind of that way in the beginning. I said, but uh, but he jumped right into it in the second half and it really took off. Um, if you guys watch the YouTube version of this, I had trouble with my camera. I was using a GoPro uh, mainly because I didn't want to take the regular camera because it's such a big rig and I knew he wanted to do it in a man cave at his place. And I thought, first off, I don't know what I'm walking into. I don't know the size of the place. Let me get something that does like a wide angle view. That way, in case we're in close quarters, it'll look fine. And so I tested it out here. If you guys watch my YouTube stuff, I tested it out here in this room just to see the quality of the sound, even if I had the thing across the room and it sounded fine. Um, I was able to adjust the, the volumes in post and, and, and make it so that it's, uh, loud enough so you guys could hear. Uh, but also like the, the visual of it didn't look bad. And I thought, okay, well, let me take this with me. And I did. And we got all set up, we're recording and everything's going fine. And, and, and it's like, right as he's getting really into something that, that we discussed towards the end, uh, I'm not going to spoil it. You guys need to listen. Um, my camera just decides that, that, okay, well, memory card's full. We're shutting off now. And I was like, wait, wait, what just happened? Because it made like a weird noise. And I was like, did I just really fill up a 32 gigabyte memory card? And I thought, well, how did I do that? I don't think I'm supposed to be able to do that. I thought 32 gigs was like hours and hours worth of content. And I, I got to thinking about it and I realized that I'd played around with the settings. I didn't tell it, I didn't say this out loud, but immediately my brain's doing the math and I'm going, oh yeah, remember you played to the settings and you were trying to see how good a quality video you could get and maybe you maybe you went to that 4K. Well, 4K takes a lot more memory to get each second compressed because the image quality is supposed to be that much better. So 
I remembered I played around with it and there's a there's a setting on there for 4K. There's one for like 2.7 and then there's one for 1440. Well, I got to looking at it later when I got home and I realized I accidentally changed the settings to 1440, which is way more than I need. I can honestly do it at like 720 and it would be fine. Um, 1080 is what I prefer, uh, but still, because of that, it takes up more space to do each second of the video. And I think we were about, I don't know, we did an hour and 40 something minutes. I think we were probably an hour in when it died. And I was like, well, crap. So I knew right away, all right, first off, this is not going to work. Even if I change the settings, I got to have a better memory card because I'm not going to take the chance of we're recording and all of a sudden my stupid memory card fills up. So <clears throat> I went to, uh, King Hefe this past week and uh, had lunch with my buddy Danny at uh, King Hefe. He, uh, if you guys ever come by there on a Wednesday, he's usually the guy behind the bar serving tacos uh, and, and and serving drinks. And um, we talked about it, you know, because he does some YouTube stuff now. Check out uh, stuff I kind of care about on YouTube and on Instagram. Uh, Danny's working on some leather projects right now, which is very interesting. He went and saw a friend of his that does uh, blacksmithing, and apparently they both did some video together. And he's going to help his friend start a, a YouTube channel so he can show his blacksmithing stuff. Well, <clears throat> he came back with a knife and made a leather case for it. And he shows all the steps on, the, on his channel. And so anyway, check that out. Uh, subscribe to him. Tell him Josh sent you. He'll be like, oh, cool. That's awesome. Um, <clears throat> but anyway, I went and talked to him since he's getting into it now. And he's doing a lot more video stuff. And I was like, you know, hey, listen, you know, this is what happened. What do you think? And here's the thing about community is once you establish a community, you can lean on each other for questions. One of the things that I've learned is anytime anybody's successful, they want to share information with you. When they figure something out, they're like, hey, by the way, this worked. And they share that with people so that they can, can use what you know or you can use what they know and you can make your, your whole group better, your whole community better. And that's, you know, that was the goal. So <clears throat> he kind of gave me some inside tips. He's like, listen, he said, the size of the card doesn't matter. It's the speed that you need. And I showed him what I was using. I had a picture of it on my phone. And he goes, okay, that's fine. He goes, you know, if you want to increase the size, then that's what you need to do. And I was like, well, I tried one once before and it didn't work. And he goes, was it the same speed? And I was like, no, good point. So anyway, he was like, yeah, they make much bigger ones now that, that as long as the speed is there, it'll still record on it. So I went on Amazon and sure enough, um, if you look it up, you got to find the, the, the scan disc. Like I did a, I did a big deep search and there's some made by Samsung. There's some made by other companies. Uh, the scan disc right now apparently is the fastest one. Um, and it records on something. The, the, at one time the transfer speed was like 90 something, whatever the code is. And then it came to like a one and then now it's a two or a three. And I'm like, okay, well, obviously the faster the speed goes, the better it is. So anyway, I, I bought this thing. It's really cool. It's really fast. Um, best part is, is when you get it on Amazon, it's only like 23 bucks for 128 gigabytes. That's a lot of memory for just a tiny little, it's the size of my, I got It's a thumbnail drive. It's a, it's the size of a, a pinky nail. I mean, it's tiny, uh, plugged it in, tried it out. seems to work fine. I changed the settings. So the GoPro should work better now. Um, which is, you know, the effort, the, that was what I was aiming for. So, uh, anyway, thanks to Danny for that input. Uh, I shared that on my Instagram for, uh, other folks out there who are running into similar problems and maybe that'll help you. Um, 
But let's talk a little bit about stuff I heard. Okay. And that is kind of the goal of this thing. Um, <clears throat> so I, I made notes of stuff I was going to talk about last podcast, but I didn't. I did an interview instead, which is fine. I, you know, I'd rather talk to Quaid than, than talk about the stuff I heard. Because in a way, then you can tell people, hey, you know what I heard on stuff I heard? I heard this guy named Quaid Richardson. He's pretty cool. You know, anyway. So I made notes of what I was going to talk about last week, and then I just added to the notes for what I'm going to talk about since then, stuff I've watched or listened to since then. Okay, so let's go back a little bit. Uh, the Burtcast, episode 372, came out November 13th with Kimmy Werner. She is a spearfish champion and free diver. Um, her Instagram is Kimmy Swimmy. She, Bert's talked about her a lot. He's talked about how fascinating it is seeing her swim at, at depths of like over 100 feet down, just free diving. Just a goggles on her face, fins on, no air tank, just turning her body upside down and swimming down and learning to hold her breath and swim without dying, which is extremely dangerous. Uh, but also something that she's trained herself to do. And he finally had her on the podcast. He's talked about her for, God, over a year. He even went so far as to do some free diving and buy some free diving equipment. Um, he bought some spearfishing stuff. And there's even YouTube videos of him going out spearfishing with Shane Torres and Dave Williams. Um, they went out, I think, in Florida with a, uh, a, a, ship, a boat tour that does that kind of stuff. Um, but anyway, she's got some very interesting stories about how she got started. Uh, she's got some stories about, you know, going into these competitions, uh, one particular on the East coast where, um, she wasn't used to the East coast. She's used to, you know, Hawaii and diving down and being able to see all the time. Uh, this one up, I think she said near Connecticut, uh, when she dove down, everything was pitch black and extremely cold. And she said when she went down, um, she couldn't get her bearings because it was so dark. And she finally got, said she got to a point where she trusted it. And she was like, you know what? I'm just going to push myself to go down. And she said she swam down. And when she got about, I think she said about 60 feet down, that the blackness went away. And then suddenly she could see. And everything became crystal clear. And she said it was like, it was like swimming into a whole new world. And she explains all the stuff that she saw and how beautiful it was. And, and, you know, over the years, she said she's retired from competition, uh, spearfishing and, uh, free diving, but now she does it, you know, more, uh, artistically. She has a, uh, a, a guy who, you know, photos her and, and, and takes these beautiful photos of these incredible situations that she gets herself into. Um, there's one in particular that's on her Instagram of her swimming with a 30 foot shark. It is awesome. And the shark lets her ride it. Basically she grabs onto its fin and it swims her around. It's amazing. It's just, it, it'll take your breath away. Um, this is a good podcast. This is a, this is, this is kind of, you know, <clears throat> I don't think that Kimmy knows who Bert is as much as Bert knows who Kimmy is. I think that she's sort of going into this really unfamiliar with Bert and she sort of learns a little bit about him as the thing goes. But I think, I think this is an exchange of, uh, creative types that 
maybe a lot of people were like, oh, you got to check this out. You know, this guy's a big fan. He has a big following. This is a good opportunity for you. And she was probably like, okay, yeah, I'll do it. But listen, this is a good podcast. Bert asks a lot of great questions. Bert's normally, you guys know, he's the kind of person that talks over people and he's the kind of person that's all focused on himself and he doesn't take time to, to listen to their answer before he's talking over them. This is one where he's listening because he finds her fascinating. He's fascinated by, you know, the person who took a different life, the person who's doing the thing that he wishes he could do. Um, there is a joy when you look at someone who has what seems like a simplistic life, a very Zen life, a very, you know, in touch with nature, in touch with themselves kind of life, especially when you're on the rat race. If your struggle is going after it and, you know, like he's constantly making promo videos and stuff like that, and, you know, I'm going to be on tour, I'm going to be this place, I'm going to be that place, you know, constantly flying, constantly on the tour bus, tour bus champ. Um, you know, you go out there all the time, hit the road hard, you know, 52 weeks out of the year, you're gone, maybe 36 weeks and you're making content all the time. And you look at somebody who has a simple life and he talks about this on there about, you know, you see somebody who like builds fences for a living and, and, and in a way you're sort of envious of the guy who builds fences and you're like, man, look at him building the fence. Maybe that guy's got a, maybe that guy's got an easier life than me. Maybe that guy's more at peace than I am because it's a different path. And Kimmy has that. Kimmy has that different path. And she does seem more calm and more into herself and more relaxed. And she's in touch with nature all the time. But she's also doing a very dangerous job where things could go wrong at any moment. And um, anyway, this is a good podcast. I think you're going to dig it. Um, And then right after that, episode 373 with Todd Gardner. Uh, I didn't know the name Todd Gardner. I did not know the name. He is a producer. And he talks about his journey, about how he got started making movies, about how, you know, he went to college and then eventually started working on this project or that project and, you know, tried to do acting a little bit and and got into editing and got into, you know, being a creative designer for for shows and a creative producer for shows and eventually moved his way up along the way. And he's done a lot of the lot of movies that you guys have seen. Um, He talks about working a lot with um, Adam Sandler. He started off on The Waterboy. He helped sell the show. Um, they made it. They made. They got the green light to make other movies because everybody told them that Waterboy wasn't going to work. They gave him a very short budget. Uh, he talks about real numbers. He said, you know, we. they said that we could do it. If we could do it for 25, then we could do it. 25 million is what he means. And I was like, okay, done. And he said, you know, we, he said, Adam pitched the movie to me. He talks about how they met and how they became friends. He said, Adam pitched the movie to me. And I told him, you know, you got to listen to it. There's little things in there about their friendship, about their, you know, him and him being able to talk to Adam on a real level and say, you know, this is what you need to do to make this work or, you know, whatever. And then the movie being a huge financial success and, you know, it was, it was supposed to be the movie that, that flopped. Meanwhile, Oprah Winfrey was talking about a movie called Beloved that was coming out the same weekend. And the the guy who ran the studio was like, you know, all Beloved's, you know, it's a great book and Oprah's behind it and it's just going to kill it. And and this guy made a bet with him. He said, I tell you what, he said, I bet you, I bet you a thousand dollars opening weekend that Waterboy outdoes Beloved. 
And the guy is like really confident. And he's like, oh, I'll take that bet. Absolutely. And he's like, you know, first weekend alone, Waterboy brought in over $40 million. And Beloved, for its entire run, including all of the overseas sales and, and after purchases for TV content and all that crap, only made 23. But it took them, the Beloved movie took them over $100 million to make. So it was a huge flop. Whereas Waterboy was a huge success, and the dude had to pay him a thousand dollars, and then he was fired later because he made horrible decisions. So it's a funny story. Listen, it's a lot funnier when he tells it because he's got a whole history with this guy, and and the guy's a real butthead. But anyway, Todd Todd has done a lot of movies with a lot of people. Uh, he talks about making Night and Day with Tom Cruise, and how when he was dating his wife, you know. She was unimpressed by movie stars and all the time they'd meet these people. And she's like, yeah, yeah, okay. And, you know, she didn't really understand who Tom Cruise was. And I get the impression that maybe she's younger. But anyway, they were supposed to have a dinner with Tom where it had to do something to do with uh, night and day. And they're at a table and they're eating and Tom's late. But then he comes up and as he's coming through the restaurant, everyone's like, hey, Tom, hey, Tom. He's, he's greeting everybody and he's shaking everybody's hand. And he comes up to her and, and right away he shakes her hand and he looks her dead in the eye and he says, it's so nice to meet you. I've heard a lot about you. And then he goes on to other people and he's shaking their hands and stuff. And, and, she, and he's like, and at that moment, my girlfriend turns to me, now, now my wife, she turns to me and she goes, oh, oh, I get it now. <laughs> I, get the, I get what the big deal is now. <laughs> But he's like, you know, he said, I never thought that, that, that in my life I would be a producer making content. And I get the impression like throughout the conversation that he's working on a project for Bert, that there's a project coming up that we're not aware of right now. And they're not allowed to talk about right now, but there's a project coming up where this guy's the producer of whatever Bert's making. And he talks about how, you know, he wanted to get behind it because he had the same feeling in watching Bert and getting to know who Bert was the same feeling that he had when he saw Adam. Um, so anyway, just wanted to throw that out there. Um, check it out. It's good. Paul Verzi, episode 374. Paul Verzi is a comedian, a good friend of Bert's, and he, they talk a lot about what, what it's like going through panic attacks and how they've, kind of learn to navigate that through their life, uh, whether it has to do with anxiety or depression. Um, you know, there's a central theme that a lot of guys are having right now that they don't talk about, but they're starting to talk about. The fact that sometimes they do feel pressure. Sometimes they do feel anxiety. Sometimes they do feel overwhelmed. Sometimes they're, they're depressed. Sometimes they can't get out of their own funk. And that conversation should happen more often before it becomes something awful before, you know, drastic steps are taken. Listen, I talk about this all the time. There are times where I go through depression. We all do. There's times where I feel anxious. We all do. You're not alone. If you feel like you're going through something like that and you need to talk to somebody, reach out and talk to somebody. You are not by yourself. Okay? This is a good conversation between friends. They they make a lot of jokes. They talk a lot, you know, a lot of stuff to do with comedy, but Ultimately, it's a good conversation between friends. It flows easily. I think you're going to enjoy it. Let's also talk about Bert. Uh, he's going to be taping the uh, his Netflix special for Body Shots World Tour. Uh, I don't know exactly what the special is going to be called on Netflix, 
hopefully they'll just call it body shots. Um, but he's got a new tour starting up, Birdie Boy. I've already bought tickets for me and uh, five other friends. Bought six tickets total. Um, go on BurtBurtBurt.com and see if he's coming to your area. I noticed that tickets are going in places that he hadn't been before. There's 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 some repeat places that obviously sell really well, but also he's trying out some new places. Like he's going to Augusta, Georgia. He's going to Maine. He's going to you know some places that he doesn't normally go. So check that out. Uh, he may be coming to your area. He did a really cool promo video on Instagram, and I laughed my butt off when I saw it because he apparently hired a high school marching band and they're in full marching band attire. And <clears throat> at one point they're playing, you know, the rubber band man song out by his pool and he's dancing around with a baton and a speedo and it's hilarious. Um, he does another one where they're playing, I, I don't know the song, but they're playing inside of his man cave and he's got a treadmill in there and he's running flat out as fast as he can go on this treadmill while they're playing. And he's playing with this baton while he's running his butt off on this thing. <laughs> well, he's put it on YouTube, the video of, of them, you know, he talks about, yeah, I hired this marching band for $4,000. <laughs> he's like, but you know, making a promo video. So why not? You know? And I've listened to other comedians like Joe Rogan and, you know, these other guys talk about, you know, Bert's killing it with these promo videos. Like he's really, you know, at a certain point, especially if you're in entertainment, you have to invest in yourself. And I think he's doing that. I think he realized, oh, why don't I just do what I want to do? Like, why, why don't I believe in myself? Because up to now, you know, he's, he's kind of done it, but he's kind of, you know, listened to other people's advice. And usually when he takes other people's advice, he always goes, I wish I'd have done what I want to do. And then at a certain point, he allowed himself permission to just do what he wanted to do. So he started making silly videos. He, he did the dance video with the, the, the hip-hop dance teacher, and it went viral. I mean, holy crap. He put that thing out, and within like a week, it had like 8 million views and over 2 million shares. I was like, dude. I mean, it took off. <clears throat> People are using it as their, you know... I said I wasn't going to go to my company Christmas party and drink, but here I am. And it shows the, it shows him dancing in his video. And that's their little, that's, they made a meme out of it. He did that because he wanted to do it. He did it in October because he was talking to his friends about, hey, for sober October, let's do hip hop dance, you know. Meanwhile, he was taking lessons and he didn't tell them. Um, <clears throat> which, by the way, Tom Segura's put out a retaliation video, uh, which is sort of mean spirited. Um, there is a Two Bears, One Cave that I haven't seen yet, the two of them talking about it. Um, it's pretty mean-spirited, although it was funny up to the very end. Tom's dressed up like Steven Seagal. He's got, he's got all black on, just like Steven Seagal. There's a point where you know, he's got glasses on and a weird hairpiece, and at a certain point, he's eating a carrot, which is sort of a play on, there's a scene of, of Seagal... Um, I guess in public eating a carrot in his full, like, I'm going to kill you attire. <laughs> but at the very end, like they, they face swapped with some big fat dude, uh, to make it look like Bert. And it says, I am the machine. And they misspelled machine M U H S H E E N machine in two words. And, uh, but at the very end, like he stabs the guy, like it's supposed to imitate him you know, murdering him or something. I don't know. 
it was funny up to that point. Like even when they made fun of Bert and and had this huge fat guy that's obviously like you know close to five hundred pounds, um, and they face swapped it and put Bert's face on it. I thought up to there that was that was pretty clever. I mean, because it was like a you know kind of like a I'm gonna do my thing, you do your thing, and then let's let's you know let's throw this thing back and forth, kind of like a volley. At the very end though, they they stabs him, and I was just like, okay, you were funny up to that point. Like if you just drop that. That last part, it's a funny video, but you make it kind of nasty at the end, which I don't, I don't really see the need for. It doesn't make it funnier. Like it, it just, it took me out of it. It took me out of my laugh and just made me go, really? I mean, that's, that's the part you thought was funny. I mean, when you, you, when you made the money, you, you spent the money, Tom, Tom Segura, you spent the money to do that. And at the very end, you're like, yeah, I'm going to, and then I'm going to stab this dude. Eh. Why? It's supposed to be your friend. Like, even if you guys were, you know, being silly with each other, you yeah, just took it too far. Just saying. And listen, I get it. As comedians, you always take things too far. But you should have somebody standing around you going, okay, this was, a, this was too far. Because it was. Um, so anyway, where was I? Where was I? Okay. I'm going to have to reset my camera here in a little bit, but let me talk about Amazon Prime has a show called Man in the High Castle, okay? The final season is on, and I binge-watched the last season. I was a big fan of Man in the High Castle. Um, I've talked about it in the past. It's uh, It starts off first season where, not to give anything away, but there's this universe where the Nazis win the war, okay? And they split America in half, and the Nazis take over the the eastern half of the United States, and the Japanese take over the Pacific West, and then there's this spot in the middle that they call the neutral zone, where the outlaws live, and they really don't want to take it over, because it's just, it's it's nothing they want, okay? And it follows this character, uh, this lady, Julia Crane, and it follows her interacting in her life where they have to be, you know, subservient and they get, you know, their people get mistreated for no reason at all just because, just because they're run by somebody else. And it's rough to watch in the first season up until the last episode. And then there's a holy crap moment that goes, okay, I'm in for next season. Second season is amazing. Second season takes some huge leaps suddenly the characters that you think are bad guys you start to feel for uh they make tremendous strides in the character development where you really start to get into these characters third season they sort of wrap it up in a way that is to be fair um really lacking they just sort of ended it like there's a lot of build up to something that's supposed to happen at the end and it just sort of fizzles out. The last episode is just not, it just wasn't impactful enough to me to be a final episode of this epic show. Uh, apparently there's books out and the books are incredible and people talk about the books all the time. And yes, it would probably be better as a book because then you would know what everybody's thinking as they're going through these steps. What they're thinking and what they're actually doing are two different things sometimes. So I can see how the books would be incredible. But I'm just telling you, as a viewer of the show, um, the third season 
just doesn't do it for me. Uh, it is the final season. It is the final thing. Um, for those who read the book, like I went on their forums and people were like, you guys did a good job, you know? And I was like, okay, well maybe, maybe they know more about what everybody's thinking or the final scene. There's a big question mark at the final scene of what's really happening. And they do it in a way that I guess if you read the books, you would know what's happening next. But if you're watching it as a viewer, you're just left going, wait, what? That was my final takeaway from the final minute. The final minute of the show. I mean, they wrapped up almost every storyline, but at the last scene, they, they just sort of leave you with a question mark. If they'd have just changed the last scene, I'd have been like, holy crap. Like, but they didn't, they didn't do that. So anyway, um, the visuals are incredible. Even there's a, there's a moment where they have a, a scene of mapping the multiverse that is gorgeous. Whoever did that, man. You really set up a, an interesting scene to sort of wrap your head around. And there's, there's parts of this that are incredible, okay? I don't want to take away from the lackluster ending the fact that the show is incredible all along the way. Um, hang on, let me reset my camera. It is going to turn off. I need a remote thingy that I can do that with until I change cameras. I didn't have to do that with the GoPro because the GoPro just kept recording. It just broke it up into a bunch of eight-minute segments. Anyway, um, but check out Man in the High Castle. Um, I had a, I had a lot of people, especially my wife, tell me that I should check out this show on Amazon Prime called Good Omens, and. I was hesitant to watch it because the videos, the, the promo videos made it look kind of hokey. And listen, I'll, I'm into hokey sometimes. Uh, I was raised on hokey. My mom is very hokey. She has a lot of, a lot of tongue-in-cheek jokes where she knows she's being silly and she'll elbow me and be like, you know, like this, uh-huh, huh, yeah, real hokey. But I like it because it's familiar, because it's part of what I was raised on. So sometimes I make jokes like that, and I'll play on that that mentality of, you know, get it? You know, tongue-in-cheek, you know, you know, the play on words there. Did you catch that? Huh? And if they don't catch it, I get kind of let down, and I have to explain it, and then it loses its funny. But if someone catches it, it's like a really good joke. Anyway, that's how this looked, this Good Omen show. Um, the way it was advertised, it looked like, uh, you have an angel and a demon who are best buddies since the beginning of time, since, since humans were on the earth with, with Adam and Eve. And they, like, they don't give you anything away other than the fact that they're supposed to do their jobs, but they're also friends. That's all they promo. They show a lot of weird stuff. As at one point in the promo, they show an alien landing on the planet. Uh, they show, you know, just some, some crazy sci-fi kind of images but they don't really tell you what the show's about and I binged watch every episode in a day now to be fair it wasn't like I sat I sat down and all day long I sat in front of the tv these episodes were only about 30 minutes long so it didn't take a long time to get through it um the show has done well the show is funny the show is interesting um there, I wish there was a little more description of who some of the people were. Uh, John Hamm plays Gabriel, which is pretty funny. Um, but 
the show is interesting in a lot of ways, and it's done well. the The story is good. The acting is good. They even have some some uh, some children acting in it, and they do a good job. Um, it is far fetched. It is outlandish. If you're if you're a super Christian, you're going to be pissed off because it doesn't fall along with your doctrine of what you want to believe. Because everybody believes something completely different. Um, <clears throat> as a as an entertaining show, it's interesting. Um, these guys are best friends, even though they're supposed to be adversaries. They're best friends, and not to give anything away because you might want to watch the show. Um, they sort of show these guys through the centuries becoming better and better friends and helping each other out in little ways. And they get to modern day and the end of the world is supposed to be here. And they don't want it to end because they've enjoyed different parts of it. Um, one of them is really enjoying reading and eating nice meals. And the other one is really enjoying driving fast cars and listening to loud music. and and. They don't want it to end. They've been trying for years to kind of, you know, half, half-ass do their job, but also, you know, still kind of enjoy their time on Earth. And they're like, all right, so this is it, the end of days, and you've got until Thursday or Friday or whatever. They have like a certain amount of days where everything's supposed to happen. And they're like, how do we thwart this? How do we, you know. So they knew ahead of time enough to try and plan, and plans didn't go as well. and. Listen, it's an entertaining show. They did a good job. There's a lot of there's a lot of doctrine in this and there's a lot of, you know, tongue in cheek jokes about what it is they're supposed to do or what it is they're they're meant to do and how they sort of help each other out. So ultimately it's about friendship. And I liked it. I thought it was pretty darn good. My wife was the one who was like, Oh, I keep listening to this podcast and this guy talks about this thing all the time and you guys seem to like similar stuff. I think you'd like this and she was right. Um also, let's go to uh, The Crown, okay? Netflix has a show called The Crown. And I've talked about this in the past, where they document Queen Elizabeth becoming the queen and her job as the queen and, you know, her beginnings of learning to rule a nation as a sovereign with, you know, Winston Churchill as her prime minister. And, <clears throat> you know, this is the third season. They actually leaped forward about 10 years, and they have a new cast. Um, the queen is Elizabeth Coleman, or Olivia Coleman, excuse me, Olivia Coleman. Um, when you see her, you're going to be like, oh, I've seen her and stuff. The guy who plays the king, or not king, but uh, her husband. He's not the king. Anyway, the guy who plays her husband, he was an outlander. He was, he's a really good actor. He's the guy that, that played the bad guy so well that was just like, holy crap, this guy's intense. Um, they do a good job of the fact that they look just like Queen Elizabeth and her husband in real life during this time. We actually Googled the images, and they actually look better than they did then, but they're almost a spitting image of what they looked like then. Uh, Helen Bottom Carter uh, plays her sister in this season. Uh, she's probably the most well-known actress that's on screen during any of this season. Um, she, the, the, all of them are trying to portray a time during the reign of the queen where there's a lot of change, there's a lot of struggle, there's a lot of 
them figuring out their place in the world uh, and what their job is. And it shows their... I've watched almost every episode except for the last one. Uh, we get to meet Prince Charles as a young man where he falls in love with Camilla and he's sent away in the military and she gets married. And this is just sort of the transitionary episodes or the season, I guess you'd say, where everything's changing and they're dealing with different challenges. Um, we put a man on the moon during this season and they get a chance to meet the astronauts and the queen's husband is a pilot and he really wants to meet them to have these deep down discussions. And when he meets them in person, he realizes that they're just guys following orders and they don't really have the, the information that he wants. He finds it instead at church with a, a, a pastor who um, his wife sort of meets and, and gets them to meet and hang out and they form a friendship out of it. And there's a lot in this, a lot of information in this that is more, it's more information than it is entertaining. In a word, this season is boring. Okay. Now I'm a fan of the season. I'm hopeful that this last episode is going to be something that makes it all worthwhile. But up to now, season three is a dud. It's boring. It's very, very, very boring. Even my wife and I, who are huge fans of season one and two, I mean, huge. This third season is so boring. Oh, it's awful. But anyway, The Crown. There it is. I want to talk about it. I've talked about it. There we go. Um, Disney Plus. I watched uh, Mandalorian, episode two and three. Uh, episode two is awesome because we meet a character. Uh, Baby Yoda is what everybody's calling it. We know it's not Baby Yoda, but what are you going to call it? Nobody knows the race that Yoda is. So it looks like Yoda. It's supposed to be 50 years old, but it looks like a baby also. It is freaking cute. It is adorable. You just want to squeeze his little cheeks. Uh, I may have talked about this on a previous episode, but who cares? I still want to talk about it. He's so cute. Uh, episode three is the best one so far. Episode three, you get to you get to see the Mandalorian interact with his clan and he defies orders and it gets really cool it gets really cool um the mandalorian is probably the coolest thing i'm watching right now and they're they're putting out an episode every friday um it's really good um so there's also a show called the imagineering story episode three we watched last night uh it shows disney through the ages of you know going through highs and lows uh they show them you know, designing Disneyland for Paris. Uh, Euro Disney is what it was called for a while until they changed the, the name. Um, it shows the challenges that they had, the successes they had, the failures they had. I had no idea that Disney was struggling as much as they were for so long. Um, but yeah, it's very interesting. You get to hear from Imagineers and people who work there uh, stories about what they went through and how they came out the other side. And it's done really well. Um, that's one that I try to watch with my wife, but she tends to get ahead of me, and I have to I have to go back and watch them later. Um, I did watch some other stuff just because I had time. Uh, like I said, I didn't talk about any of this crap last week, but 
Um, on Disney Plus, I watched the Avengers Endgame yesterday. Um, really good. I'm really glad they put that on there finally. Uh, I know it's like a lot of it's like, you know, oh, we're going to wait and put this content out later so people look forward to it. I really like Avengers Endgame. I think it was huge. They do a lot of showing you characters that interact in a way that is almost like a composer composing an orchestra. There's so many moving parts, and they do a good job of making it entertaining and telling a story and still giving you, the viewer, what you want. And even when you think it's over, you look at your time and you still got 50 minutes left. I mean, it's good. It's long, though. Thank goodness it's on streaming now so that you can pause it whenever you need to to go to the bathroom. <laughs> that was one of the things. I went and saw this in the theater and I, I had to get up and pee twice. And I was like, I didn't even drink anything before I came here. I don't have anything with me. Why is it I got to pee twice? It's just that long of a movie. But it's what you want. Like if you're going to pay money to see something in a the theater, you want to see content. And this gives you that content. So anyway, I saw that. Um, I also on Netflix, I watched uh, Ex Machina. I've seen it before in the past, but I watched it again and I really paid attention to it because I wanted to find out parts that I'd missed. It's one of those that you can watch more than once and you pick out different things about it that you go, oh, oh, I, I missed that part last time. It's pretty fascinating. Um, it's been out for a few years. I'm not giving anything away. Um, if you haven't seen it by now, whatever, you know, that's on you. Um, this guy works for a computer company. He gets an invite through supposedly a contest to go to his boss's place. And his boss is very recluse. And <clears throat> he thinks he's being invited there on a vacation. Uh, but it's also to do work. It's also to do research. And he meets an AI, an artificial intelligence. Uh, looks like a woman. Um, and he's there to find out whether or not the AI is successful, whether it is free thinking, problem solving, all that stuff. And then the show just gets crazy after that. So, uh, very interesting. If you're into robots and, 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 and artificial intelligence and, and sci-fi stuff, kind of like that, you're going to dig this. Um, like I said, I, I've seen it a couple times. Every time I watch it, I go, oh, I never picked that part out. Oh, that's, that's because of, the, oh, that's because of this other thing. God, that's so smart. The way they did it is really well, really well done. Um, what else? What else? What else? Is that it? I wrote a bunch of notes and I'm just looking over them. Oh, Whitney Cummings. Whitney Cummings has a podcast. Good for you. I've talked about it in the past. Uh, that first episode she did with uh, Dan Levy. Um, they both are, are very valley girlish kind of talking and everything they say has, goes up at the end. Like they're asking a question, you know what I mean? So it's like a statement, but a question it's annoying as crap. Uh, I don't mind it when it's once in a while, when it's, when it's constant, it makes me nuts. Um, her second episode she does with Dave Grohl. Now how she's friends with Dave Grohl, I have no idea, but she has him on her second podcast and they do, you know, a good two hours. And they're silly together, and they make they make jokes, and they talk about music a little bit. He does get into talking about uh, being in Nirvana, and and then you know forming his own band. And at times when his voice gives out, like his drummer's apparently got an excellent voice, and he said, "There's times where my voice completely gives out, and I'll go on drums, and he'll go up and sing." And um, 
you know, it, it's a it's a good podcast. If you're into Dave Grohl, if you're into Nirvana, if you're into Foo Fighters, check it out. Uh, again, it's called Good For You. It's episode two. Um, I just listened to episode three with Chris D'Elia. Again, another two hours. Chris D'Elia is a stand-up comic. Uh, you guys may remember the show Whitney that was on TV. He was her co-host. Uh, he's very smart and very funny. You can tell that they're friends, and they've been friends for a very long time. And they do nothing on this show but make jokes with each other. And a lot of it's inside jokes, but she does a good job of navigating and also directing traffic along the way. That's one of the things that that I noticed. Even though she's a bit ADHD, uh, she never misses her path of let's stay on topic. And she keeps redirecting it back on topic. Even though she can go off the rails on 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 a subject, she is mindful enough to go, okay, I still want to talk about this. So anyway, um, that Valley Girlish talk goes away in this. Uh, this is more normal Whitney voice, which I like. And maybe it's one of those things where, like, <clears throat> you ever been around somebody who has a certain dialect that you sort of start to emulate after a while? Like, I know me personally. I was in the Marine Corps, and I was stationed in Southern California at a certain point, and I had Latino friends who were from... Mexico. They came to America. They joined the Marine Corps. There's a thing where if you serve, then you can get your citizenship. And so they served and and they were getting their citizenship. Well, they have like a broken Latino, you know, Spanish, English kind of speak. And you pick up on it and you start to emulate it just because you want to communicate properly. But then you you start sounding like a weird version of Cheech and Chong, but I'm a white dude doing it. So it's a little offensive. And, you know, they're like, hey, how about cut that shit out, you know, Holmes? And I'm like, what are you talking about, homie? <laughs> you know, but it's, you start to emulate others around you because you think it's normal. You're just trying to fit in or you're just trying to communicate properly. And I think that's maybe what she's doing in this. I've noticed that when she does a podcast with Joe, because Joe's very, he's, he's very, uh, what's the term? Practiced. Okay. It's like a man's man. Just ask you questions, get some answers, y'all make some jokes, y'all talk about it. But he's he's a professional. He knows what he's doing. He's been doing this a while. And when she's talking to him, she doesn't do that Valley Girl stuff, but maybe a minute or two. And then it's just Whitney talking to Joe. Um, so maybe it's the people you hang around. Maybe it's that culture. Maybe it's the, the culture over natural behavior. I don't know. Anyway. Uh, I found the one with uh, with Chris D'Elia to be her best one. Um, I think it's one of those things where you're uncomfortable and you're sort of finding your sea legs, and the longer you do it, the better it gets. So anyway, I'm three in. I'm going to keep listening. Uh, I'm a fan. So uh, I will be going to see her do comedy at some point whenever she comes to this area. Last time she was in Charlotte, though, I was on vacation. I was like, oh, she's in Charlotte tonight. Dang it. And it was like right before her last special. And it would have been hilarious. If you haven't seen her last special, it's awesome. Uh, it's the one where she brings the robot on stage. Uh, really funny. Anyway, I'm going to wrap this up. I feel like I've been talking forever. Um, I've been looking at my notes. I even, even with all the notes I wrote down, I forgot to write down Good Omens. I just remembered it when I was talking about Man in the High Castle. Um, or whatever I was talking about. Anyway, there. I've got it all out. <sighs> I got a refrigerator man coming this morning at some time. I keep glancing at my phone to see if he's going to call. Um, 
we had a refrigerator problem. Our LED lights in our refrigerator decided to suddenly go out, and it's not even a year old, or it's just under a year old. And we called, and they came out and looked at it, and this guy, he talked to somebody on the phone at, at uh, Whirlpool's headquarters, and they were like, you know, I guess it's got a computer uh, motherboard in the back. And he was like, you know, touch this thing, touch this thing, touch this thing, touch this. Uh, and he goes, is this on? No. Is this on? No. Is this on? No. He goes, okay, you need a new motherboard. And I'm like, a motherboard? We got a, we got a fridge with a motherboard? What? I thought you'd just have it hooked up for getting it cold and turn the lights on when you open the door. I thought that was like an automatic thing. But fridges today are supposed to be smart, which means you got to have somebody smart work on them. And they ordered this motherboard. God, I feel like it was a month ago. <laughs> and the guy... Several weeks later, we're calling, and he's not answering the phone, and finally he answers the phone, and he's like, yeah, yeah, I got the part finally. And it's like, dude, what, you know, what's going on? We don't want to be over our warranty here. And he's like, no, nah, no, nah, it's fine, it's fine. Like, okay. So anyway, he's supposed to come today and replace his motherboard and fix our lights inside the refrigerator. I like new technology. Don't get me wrong. I like new technology. But something like a fridge, it just seems stupid that the simple things don't work. You know what I mean? It's sort of like having a, like if you had a smartphone. My brother, my brother one time got a new Samsung smartphone and he was like, oh, this thing is beautiful. Look at the screen. Look at all the stuff it does. Oh, this is awesome. And the next time I saw him, he had an iPhone and I was like, what happened to your super awesome, cool screen phone that you had? He's like, I don't talk about it. <laughs> I was like, what? What happened? He's like, you know, he said, for all the stuff that it does, it just, I needed to do the simple things like make a phone call and it won't do it. There's, it gives me trouble every time. It's like, I could be on a call and I drop the call. And it's like, why can't I make a phone call? Or why can't I text somebody? Or He's like, yeah, it does all this really awesome stuff, but then it doesn't do the simple things it's supposed to do as a phone. So he went back to the iPhone. So anyway, that's sort of been my uh, canary in the minds of why I've never jumped ship once I've gotten an iPhone. And uh, I got to tell you, I'm still with this, this iPhone 10, and I still like it. I don't want to change. My wife's got an iPhone 8 Plus with the big screen. And she's like, I hope they don't they don't make this thing obsolete. I like it. I like everything it does. It does everything I want it to. So anyway. Uh enough of enough of blowing smoke up their butt. They're not paying us. They're not an advertiser. Um I don't think I even have an advertiser right now. I think uh Anchor is the only one that advertises on the podcast. So anyway, uh if you want to advertise, uh you can reach me at uh stuff I heard podcast at gmail.com or on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter, whatever, wherever you can find uh, me. <laughs> anyway, uh, thanks for listening. Please remember to rate, review, subscribe. I haven't said that in a while, but uh, but yeah, I mean, if you guys would be so kind as to let others know about what this podcast is about, and maybe it's for them. Who knows? We'll see. Uh, appreciate it. Thank you to everybody who listens and supports me. And uh, if you want to be on, let me know. The holidays are coming up. So you'll probably be in town or I'll be in your town. Hint, hint. Uh, so, yeah. Thanks for listening. Take care. And cue the cow. Cue the cow.